Thankful to be here this morning. A few weeks ago, we started walking through the book of James. We're in James chapter number 1, and uh, we're picking up in verse number 19. And so James chapter 1, and in verse number 19, we've been walking through uh, this book of James. Looking forward to walking through it the next couple of months together. And uh, just today, talking about responding to God's truth. Responding to God's truth truth. And so, uh, so we've been walking through this book of James, and James is a very practical book. If you haven't been walking with us, uh, he covers a lot of practical subjects. I kind of liken it to the Proverbs of the New Testament. James, a lot of wisdom, a lot of good stuff. And so he begins this letter as he's writing just to deal with trials that come into the life of believers, uh, uh, especially during his day where persecution was rampant uh, on believers' lives. And so these people would get saved, and the next thing you know, they find themselves in the middle of a trial, and they're wondering what in the world is going on. I thought that the God of Israel was going to save me, that he was going to establish this earthly kingdom and take care of me along the way, when the fact of the matter is you're going to go through difficulties. All of us go through trials along the way. And uh, God permits them. Sometimes he brings them. Uh, and, and the purpose for trials is to develop us as believers. In other words, he's growing us and, and, and teaching us lessons that if we stand on the seashore, we would never have learned unless we go into the deeper waters. And so he brings us there through these trials in life, and all of us go through trials in life. But then he says all of us deal with temptation as well. Uh, but, but, but let not anyone, when they are tempted uh, in life, say that God is the one tempting me because he's not the one tempting you. The devil tempts us. In other words, God causes trials to develop us where uh, the devil brings temptation into our life to destroy us. The Bible says uh, uh, for uh, John chapter number 10 and verse number 10, I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so that's the work of the devil. And so, and so when you're talking about uh, uh, how then shall we live, verse number 18, verse number 18, <clears throat> uh, he, he's closing this section out on temptations and just saying, hey, listen, you're not just another animal. You are God's unique creation. You are the apex. You are created in the image of God. Therefore, don't live like the rest of the animals. Don't live according to simply basic instincts, which is is what we do when we give in to temptation. It just, it just, if it feels good, then do it. And he says, but that's not who you are. That's not who you're created to be. You're created to be more than that. So the question's got to be asked. Well, then, if I'm not supposed to live according to basic temptation, to, to, to basic instinct in my life, then how then shall I live? Well, here's how you shall Live. You should be responsive to uh, God's truth. Live according to God's truth, biblical truths. And when you're talking about the Bible, uh, uh, <clears throat> we definitely have the Word of God. In fact, the Bible's been the best-selling book for centuries now uh, when you're talking about the best-selling book in America. In fact, every household has an average of four Bibles in our country. There's Bibles all over the place in our country. Now, obviously not everybody has them, but when you're talking about the, the, the Word of God and, and being able to put it into the hands of the people, it is definitely there. 78 different translations in the English language alone. And so it's there so that we can partake 
of the Word of God. Yet, when you're talking about the Bible, <coughs> uh, George Barna did research, and George Barna said that 12% of Americans read the Bible daily. And you say, that's not very many. Well, he, he, George Barna even did further research and said, among Christians, talking about people that are born again, believers in Jesus Christ, only 18% are reading the Bible daily. In fact, <clears throat> he, said, he goes a little step further and he says, hey, there's no more than 41% of professing believers, Jesus Christ, Jesus people, less than 41% are reading the Bible one time in a month. Outside of Sunday. Outside of Sunday, to clarify. Meaning, <clears throat> the Word of God sits on most shelves, never open. And you know, when you think about love letters, when you think about a love letter, I have never, I have never in my life ever had somebody that's near and dear to me to write me a letter that I didn't open it and read it. And that's exactly what God's Word is. It's a love letter to you and to me. So when you look at the church in the United States of America, and I know sometimes we talk about the church, and whether you're talking about the church in America or the church universal around the world, the church is, is struggling today. And the reason for the struggles in the church is because we're kind of like that Laodicean church in the book of Revelation where we've gotten ourselves separated from the source. He says to the church at Laodicea, because you are lukewarm, you're neither hot nor cold, what was it that made them need neither hot nor cold, but rather lukewarm. Well, what it was that caused the issue for them was they were separated from the source, separated from the mouth of the hot spring or the cold spring. Therefore, they had gotten lukewarm. And what happens among churches and among believers is if we find ourselves separated from God Almighty, we become lukewarm. And that's what's happening. We're separated from the source. In fact, when you're talking about less than one in five, read the Bible, is there any wonder why so many people make this statement, man, my relationship with God Almighty is kind of dry. And you might even be here this morning and say, man, my, my relationship with God, it's just kind of dry. It just feels like a desert sometimes. I just don't know what's happening in my world. I mean, it's kind of like this. Think about this <clears throat> in marriage, right? Husband and wife, man and woman, they get married. And, uh, and, and think about this. <clears throat> if all of a sudden you said, hey, <clears throat> you know, I, I really love you to, to, to your wife that you're marrying. I really, I really, man, I love you so much. But I tell you what I need you to do is I need you to shut up for six days, but just talk to me on the seventh. <laughs> How do you think that would go in the relationship? A marriage wouldn't survive that way. I mean, it would be, it would be awful. And yet, and yet, that's how oftentimes we treat our relationship as the bride of Christ. The Bible, when you're talking about the Bible, the Bible <clears throat> is our spiritual food. And we have a serious problem of starvation happening among the people of God. It's the Word of God. How then shall we live? according to biblical truths. Well, then how do you know how to live if we're not into the biblical truths, if we're not eating on and feasting on the Word of God? Hebrews chapter number 5, verses 13 and 14, the Bible says this, For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he's an infant. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. 
And there is no other way around it. You know what the, the, the word of God in the book of Hebrews is simply saying this. Hey, if you want to be able to discern good and evil, you must, you must, you must feast on God's word. There is no other answer but to feast on the word of God. And so God help us. And, and, and this morning, I just want you to draw a circle around your own self. Say, where am I in this journey? Because just because you have a Bible does not mean that it's useful in your life. Just because you read the Bible doesn't necessarily make you a spiritual person. But you must respond properly to God's truth. <clears throat> and so today, that's what James is addressing. He's saying, hey, I want you to respond properly to God's truth. So James, chapter number 1, verses 19 and following, and the Bible says it <clears throat> like this. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls." But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. How do we properly respond to God's Word? Number one, you got to receive it. You got to receive God's Word. If we're to properly respond to God's Word, you got to receive it. Just because I hear it doesn't mean that I receive it. And so he says, in fact, in verse number 21, he says, therefore, putting aside all filthiness and remains in wickedness, and humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. In other words, he's saying this. He's saying, when you're talking about the word of God, the word of God is powerful in your life. In fact, the apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter number one and verse number 16, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation uh, uh, for all who believe, first for the Jew and then for uh, the Gentile. In other words, he's saying, hey, you know what? The word of God is powerful, powerful enough to take a person who is dead and bring them to life. It's dynamite. And so God help us be willing to share, again, his word. When you're talking about the word of God, it is powerful. People don't need just another person living life. What they need is they need to hear the word of God because without, when you're talking about uh, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and so the world is desperate for the truth of God's word. It's the gospel that's the power of God that brings people unto salvation. And I think we're living in a world where either A, uh, the dynamite is just staying in the box, and so as believers, we've got to recognize our responsibilities to get it out there, or B, we're just not receiving it into our life. It is powerful. And so he says, hey, make sure you're receiving it, and here's how you receive it when you're talking about receiving the Word of God. Number one, be quick to hear. Be quick to hear. Question, do you have a desire to hear the Word of God? 
Do you even have a desire? And that's a question for all of us to ask ourselves. Do I really have a desire to hear God's word? The Bible says over in Psalm, the psalmist was right in Psalm chapter number one, verses one through three, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever he does he prospers the psalmist is just simply saying hey there's an appetite for God's word all of psalm number 119 has to do with the word of God verse number 10 and following of psalm number 119 the psalmist says this he says psalm number 119 verses 10 with all of my heart I have sought you do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word." And so the question is, do I long for, am I receiving, ready to receive the word of God, being quick to hear? And how do we hear? Well, there's a couple of ways we hear God's word. There's a couple of ways that we hear uh, God's word. Number one would be just simply personal reading, picking up God's word and, and spending time reading his word. You cannot replace that with anything else. It's not a quick fix. You can't pop a pill and say, man, I know God's word. No, you don't. You gotta get into it and feast on the word of God walking regularly and so i just want to encourage you man you say man where do you start and how do you go that's exactly why we get together on sunday nights it's a little time of accountability we call them d groups and it's an opportunity just to say hey listen we'll help you walk through god's word and teach you how to pull truths out of his word and make application to your life on a daily basis it's food for the soul and you've got to get into God's Word. Personal reading. You cannot replace it with anything else, number one. And oftentimes what we want to do is we want to say, hey, you know, here's what we do with D groups. You know what we do with D groups? I'll tell you what we do is we just bring the Word of God. We don't want anybody else to say, hey, here's what you need to think about God's Word, but rather you feast on God's Word. We believe in the priesthood of the believer. I don't need someone else to tell me I need to feast as a child of the King. Y'all all right? I, hey, you don't have to come. You say, man, I don't come, but I feast on the Word of God. You don't have to be here on a Sunday night to feast on God's Word, but you do need to feast on God's Word as a believer. Number one, personal reading, but number two, through the proclamation of His Word, whether it be preaching or teaching, man, do you have a desire to hear God? Sometimes we hear God's Word through songs, and I'm grateful for that, but be careful. Those music people can get you messed up. Not <laughs> just... See, sometimes people say, well, I listen to Christian radio. Well, well, God bless you. That's wonderful. But feast on his word, an inward desire. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 2, and in verse number 2, says, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. <clears throat> You've got to feast on God's word. Are you quick to hear God's word. You know, Peter's saying, you know, it's an appetite, like, like a newborn baby. This morning we had these little guys up here. Man, it, there's nothing more precious than seeing these little babies. But I tell you what, when you got a little baby, 
they got an appetite. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, and they let you know it. 24 hours a day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm hungry, right? I mean, and they, they, they do it a different way. It's just like, ah, ah. But they let you know because they've got an appetite. Occasionally, one of these little guys up here lose their appetite. And you know why they lose their appetite? Because they get sick. As a child of God Almighty, sometimes we lose our appetite because we're sick. We've filled our stomach full of sin and we're just not quick to receive his word there's two people that don't have appetites sick people and dead people so either a best case scenario this morning you're just sick and need to confess sin before god almighty and say god i I want to know you and i want to grow in you or b you've never been saved therefore there's not an appetite for the word of god I want to receive, I want to hear God's word, to be quick to hear God's word. It's amazing how quick we are to hear words. You know, it's amazing what people will do to hear just empty words. I mean, people go to country music concerts just to hear about wine and whiskey and women, (laughs) pick up trucks and puppy dogs, and pay hundreds of dollars. I just saw the other day Bruce Springsteen out there on concert tour, out there on tour. You know Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA? He's been singing that song 50 years. (laughs) And yet people pay hundreds of dollars to go hear what it's like to be born in the USA. But when Sunday morning comes around, To hear, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That God sent his son Jesus into this world, not to condemn you of your sin, but to save you from your sin. That's music to the soul. That's life. But for some, that's old news. Maybe I'll show up, maybe I won't. God help us. James is saying, hey, you know what? I want you to mature. I want you to grow. You need to be quick to hear God's word. You need to be slow to speak. What do you mean slow to speak when it comes to God's word? Let me ask you a question. You ever had a conversation with somebody? You ever had a conversation with somebody and you know they weren't really listening? Why weren't they listening? Because they were trying to figure out what are my next words going to be? It's not a conversation, but rather a debate. You ever had a conversation like that? <clears throat> Where I'm quick to speak. I want to be so quick to speak that I don't even hear what you've got to say. You ever had a conversation? I mean, maybe it's even been with your husband or wife. <laughs> and he's saying, hey, listen, when it comes to God's word, one of our problems is this. We want to build a defense for our lives and justify rather than receiving what God wants to speak into our life. He says, be slow 
to speak. Be careful that you're not just trying to develop a critique, but rather feast on God's Word. You know what it looks like? You ever heard this statement made, or maybe even you've made this statement before? Oh, I know what the Bible says, but... You ever heard that made before? I, 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 know, I know what the Bible says, but... And the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> I know what the Bible says, period. There's only one interpretation to Scripture. Many applications, but only one interpretation. Because you know, oftentimes what happens is we hear the Word of God being proclaimed and we don't like what it says, so I'm developing some kind of a justification for my own actions. He says, make sure you're quick to listen and slow to speak, but even slower to anger. Even slower to anger. Why, why does he go there? Here's why he goes there. <clears throat> oftentimes people who cannot deny truth simply refuse to hear it, and it, ain't, it angers them. <clears throat> In other words, what happens? Here's what happens. Anytime the truth, anytime God's truth shakes my beliefs or confronts my sins, I'm tempted to get angry. You know what I'm talking about? If it, if it, if it, if it confronts me in my sin, or if it shakes my beliefs... I mean, I was, I was brought up believing, well, it might be, could it be that your beliefs are not biblical beliefs? So I was going to a church. Well, could it be that your beliefs are not biblical? And if your beliefs aren't biblical, don't get angry and defensive, but rather be teachable in humility. Receive God's Word and not be angry about God's Word. You know, I've heard said before, <clears throat> and it's always interesting, people oftentimes, you know, will tell you different things, and, I, and I've heard a statement made before, Preacher, I, I, I like you. And I'm like, oh, you do? I, that's good. I like you too. And uh, you know why I like you? Because you tell it like it is. You tell it like it is. I've heard that so many times. And you know what's interesting about that? Most of the time, this is what that means. I love it when you tell it like it is to those other people. But stay off my toes. Because the same ones that love it when you tell it like it is get angry when it confronts sin in their life. And can I tell you something? If we are faithfully proclaiming God's word, it will confront sin in every life that's within the hearing of it being proclaimed. We all have room to grow. God, give me a teachable humbleness when we open your word and let me be quick to hear it, but slow to anger. You know, oftentimes you hear people and say, man, what about that righteous indignation thing? <laughs> I mean, I get angry, but it's righteous indignation. Man, there's a huge difference between righteous indignation and flat-out anger that James is talking about. Righteous indignation, number one, has to do with direction. Righteous indignation gets angry at sin. And whether that's in my life or another life, it is just an anger 
at sin. So the direction has to do with righteous indignation, whereas anger, when a person just flat gets angry, it goes in every direction. (laughs) And number two, the duration. I don't hold on to it forever, but an angry person sits on their anger, and they're just mad at the world. So it says, hey, listen, I want to receive God's word. Well, how do you receive God's word? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And then also, verse 21, weed before you seed. What do you mean, weed before you seed? Verse 21 says it like this. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Filthiness. You know that word, uh, the root of that word filthiness is the same word that is used to describe wax in your ears. Wax in your ears. Filthiness. And so what he's saying is simply this. Hey, you know what? When you have unconfessed sin in your life, it is difficult to hear the truth of God's word. So make sure you confess. And so, and so I want to encourage you, whether it be in your quiet time moments when you are personally getting into God's word or whenever you're coming into a service, whether it be a service like this or a small group setting where the word of God is going to be proclaimed, I want to encourage you to, to get on your knees before God or take a moment before God Almighty. And as the psalmist said, just cry out to him, search me, oh God, search me. You know the deepest, darkest parts of me better than I even do. And help me, help me, that I might hear what you have to say today. Because sometimes it's, it's got nothing to do with the preacher. It's got nothing to do with the message. It's got everything to do with the listener. Sometimes I'm just not in, in, in a position to hear. And so we've got to weed before we seed if I'm to hear the Word of God. And I'm grateful because no matter where I am and no matter what I've done, there are truths in God's word. First, first John chapter number one, verse number nine. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's one of the greatest verses in all the Bible. I'm so grateful for that verse. I gotta practice that regularly. So God help me not have unconfessed sin that causes deafness and causes me to lose my appetite. And the problem is, when it comes to God's word, if we're not careful, and especially those of us who have been brought up in church and we kind of know the language, we kind of become a know-it-all. I, I know what the Bible is. I, I know. I've heard this one before. I've heard this one before. And that's why James says, hey, in humility, in humility, receive the word. Humility. <clears throat> it means I don't know everything I need to know. I'm not all that, and I desperately need to hear my Savior speak into my life. We've got to receive the Word of God, number one. First step, first step, how do you respond properly to God's Word such that I can enjoy the abundant life? Number one, you've got to receive the Word of God. But number two, it's not just receiving and leaving, but rather it's responding properly to His Word. In other words, I've received it, now I've got to live it to react to 
the word of God. Verse number 22 and following says, But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. And it goes on to talk about this mirror uh, illustration. And so a hearer, he says, don't be a hearer only. What do you mean by a hearer? Do you know what? That, that word also is a word that where we get our word audit. You know, audit, audit. You ever audited a class before? I've never wasted my time because... <laughs> To audit a class, there's no responsibility when you audit a class. There's no accountability when you audit a class. You just simply sit and smoke, sit and smoke. You just sit and soak the information that's being given. That's all you do uh, to, to, to audit a class. I'm just, I'm just here to sit and soak. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to be tested. I'm not going to do any paperwork. I'm not going to practice it. I'm just here to listen. Just here to listen. He says, that's not what you do with God's Word. That's not how you respond to God's Word. Just to sit and listen, to audit. And I think there's a lot of people that all they do is audit God's Word. Just auditing the Bible. I'm not practicing, I'm just auditing. See, you know what it's like when you just simply audit the Word of God, when you're just a hearer? You're like a man that walks in front of a mirror. And so he uses this illustration, an everyday illustration that all of us can relate to. Most of you look like you got in front of a mirror this morning. <laughs> Some of you, I got one. <laughs> Doesn't take me long in front of a mirror, by the way, anymore. But uh, to go in front of a mirror. And he says, when you go in front of a mirror, what's the purpose for a mirror? Well, to examine, number one, to examine where I am. But number two, to restore anything that needs restoration. And that's what the Word of God is for, to examine where am I? How else do I know where I am? I don't look at others and say, well, I'm doing pretty good because Joe over there. No, you get into God's Word, and God's Word has a way of showing you yourself. God's Word is not written so that I can say, hey, look at yourself. <laughs> God's Word is written so that I might see what God sees, and he speaks into my life, that I might examine myself. So I've got to do, I've got to respond and not merely audit. I don't just look in a mirror in the morning. I don't look in a mirror just to say, man, I just want to come look in the mirror and just tell myself how good look I am. Okay, see you later. That's not what you do with the mirror. He says, don't do that with God's word. I'm just here to hear it, audit it, and walk away. And he says, you know what? That is worthless. That is worthless religious activity is all that is. Psalm chapter number 19, the psalmist was saying in verse number 7 and following, Psalm 19 and verses 7 and following, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They're righteous altogether. They're more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and keeping them there's great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also, keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, and I will be acquitted of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. He says, don't simply 
audit his word. He continues in verse 26 and 27, If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. James is not limiting our activity to simply orphans and widows in the statement that he's making. But rather, he's simply saying, hey, even to the least of these, God's word will move your heart such that you are willing to do whatever is asked of you in his word, even to the least of these. He says, if your religion simply leads you to talk, then it's worthless. James is saying, it's not about how many services you can attend. It's not about how loud you can sing, how many songs you know by heart. How many stories you can tell from Scripture. So, If all your religion does is lead you to simply sit and talk, then you're missing it. You're missing it. He says, if you're not careful, there's a lot of people that can sit around and talk, religious talk, all day. Man, I can talk about forgiving, but are you forgiving? I can talk about and tell you what the Bible says about giving, but are you giving? I can talk about sharing, but are you sharing? I can talk about loving, but are you loving? That's what he's saying. If all you're doing is talking, then it's flat worthless. It's worthless. In other words, he's saying, hey, you don't just simply go to church, you be the church. That's what he's saying. Imagine this. Imagine this. If I were to tell you that for the last 25 years of my life, I have been going two nights a week to a golf instruction class. And they have been teaching me everything there is to know about golf. I can tell you everything there is to know about golf from a classroom setting on paper. And then you would say, you ever play? Oh no, I don't do that. (laughs) I just go and listen. But I can tell you. In fact, if you even bring up conversation about golf, Man, I can, I can enter into that conversation and talk till the cows come home. But I don't ever play. I would hope that you would say, why are you wasting your time? You're just auditing. You're just auditing. To which James says, to the people that gather and religious activity but never share never love never give I don't forgive I'm not a doer I'm just a hearer 
James says, you're, that's worthless. That's worthless. You're missing it. You're missing it. You know, when you're talking about the Word of God, the Word of God is written so that you might know that you're saved. Not hope so, but know so. Salvation. So the question that's got to be asked this morning is, what's your story? Do you have a story? What's your testimony? That's the Christian word. Ever been a time in your life when you were born again? See, because a lot of times people will say, well, well, I'll tell you my story. Well, my mom and daddy brought me to church, and my granddaddy was a preacher, and, you know, I, I was raised. I went to RAs and GAs, and, um, man, I, was, I, I went to training union all through all the way through, and uh, I mean, I got baptized when I was 14. <clears throat> I mean, I, I've been on mission trips. But when were you born again? But when was that moment that God's Word confronted you right where you were, and you recognized I have sinned, and my sin has separated me from God Almighty. But God Almighty loves me so much that he sent Jesus into this world, and he laid down his life for my sin, and he longs for a relationship with me. And I repented of my sin, confessed and repented, turned away from, and said, God, I want you to be my Lord, and I want Jesus Christ to be my Savior. To be born again. You ever been born again? That's where it begins. And James says if you want to mature, you got to respond properly to God's word. And so this morning, have you ever been born again? Number one. And to the believer, are you feasting and growing in God's word? I'm so grateful for his grace and for his mercy that maybe you're here this morning and say, man, I know that I've been born again. But I just haven't been feasting like all. <clears throat> Man, before God today, forgive me, Lord Jesus. God, I want to grow in you. I want to know you. Get in his word. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer? <clears throat> just want to invite you this morning. I'm going to pray, and after I pray, we're going to sing a song. And uh, when that song has been finished... I'm inviting you to come today. Maybe you're here this morning, you'd say, you know what, I've never been saved. I've never been born again. Man, I've gone to church all my life, but I've got to be honest, my religion is worthless because I've never been saved. You see, it's not about being religious. It's about having a relationship. And if you've never called on Jesus today, call on his name father i thank you for this day god i thank you so much for your goodness to us i thank you for your word and god i pray for fertile soil god that you would search our hearts you who know everything about us god you know our strengths you know our weaknesses you created us you knit us together even while we were in our mother's womb and God, you value us so much that you came into this world and laid down your life on a cross. We thank you for the blood that was shed. We thank you for a risen Savior, Jesus Christ.
And Father, today I pray that you would search our hearts, God, if there be any in this building or online that have never been born again, that your Holy Spirit would breathe life even now. God, that you would knock on the door of hearts, that you would draw people unto yourself for salvation. God, have your way today. Father, I pray for the church, God, that you'd revive us that wouldn't, we wouldn't be like the Laodiceans, but Lord Jesus, that we'd be so connected to you. That we would dive deep into your life-giving, life-changing word. Oh God, search us today and have your way. Robe us with humility that God, we'd be quick to receive what you have. Thank you for this moment, God. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.